This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Remain blessed as you listen. Father, we thank you again this morning. We are grateful for the miracle of waking up. Thank you because we know we didn't wake ourselves up. And so for that, we are grateful. Thank you for causing us to see, causing us to hear, and causing us to, 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 to know. This morning, we ask, O oh God, that you will grant every one of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Lord, you said that you will cause us to see, that we will receive revelation. I ask this morning that, Lord, revelation will flood our minds, our hearts and our minds, so that we will see what you are seeing. We will see from your perspective. Help us just to see from your perspective. This morning, as we share your word, we ask, oh God, that the word will, will um, you know, take, take total um, um, authority over the lives of your people. That it will gain supremacy over the people. Let the word of God have free course and be glorified even as it was in the church in Thessalonica. We trust you. We bless you. We honor you. We thank you. Thank you for the, your people that you have raised, O oh God, in this place. We ask, O oh God, that Lord, by the deposit of the things you have already done this weekend, that our lives will make a meaningful progress. Amen. We give you glory and honor. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you so much for the privilege to have been here or been still. I'm still here this weekend. I want to appreciate every one of you, most especially our pastor, the leader of this local assembly and ministry for the privilege to be here. Hallelujah. Amen. We salute you. We bless God for your life. And we pray that God will take you to higher grounds Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. That you will continue to increase Amen. and expand Amen. and go forward. The Bible says concerning, um, you know, um, Jacob, or no, sorry, uh, Isaac, he says, uh, the man works great. The man went forward. The man grew until he became very great. My prayer is that that will be your portion in Jesus' name. And that God will take this church to the level where it ought to be. Praise the Lord. You know, one thing I've discovered is that um um when god is ready to do something god begins to deal with the people of that local assembly hallelujah because what god is going to do we are going to be the reflection of what god is going to do are you getting what i'm saying to you so i encourage you to stay and keep learning and keep doing the word of god praise the lord you know james is the one who says we should not be hearers only but we should be doers of the word of God. He said, if you, are, if you are one who only hears and don't do, then he says you are deceiving yourself. I pray that nobody is deceiving ourselves here. I trust that nobody is deceiving. Which means every word of God that you are hearing here can make you very great. If you just stay with it, praise the Lord. You know why? Because it's the word of the king, the word of God. And the word of God is no respecter of one person, location, it will work. I tell people in our church that the word of God that works in America is not different from the word of God we are preaching here. It's still the same word. All right? You preach it in, um, you know, Maraba or Masaka or Keifi or Akwanga. The same word will still work. 
you see, the word of God does not deter, it does not work better in Abuja than it does in Akwanga. Because you say Abuja is bigger. All right? It's a modern city. No, 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 no. The word of God will work everywhere. You can be in the village and use the word of God. It will still produce for you. Am I communicating? So, the word of God is no respecter of person and location. It will work anywhere. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we have an opportunity to prove to people that the word of God works. When it begins to work in your life, people will appreciate God for you. Is that not so? Praise the Lord. So thank you so much. Amen. I've enjoyed my stay. Thank you for um, the accommodation. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to rest. Indeed, when I go out of my station, I have more time to rest. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right, today I want to conclude what I began to teach on Friday night. I began by bringing us that I felt the Lord wanted me to teach on uh, fulfilling your prophetic word. And if you remember, we began by making you understand that if you are going to fulfill your prophetic word, the first thing you must do is to believe the word of God, if you like, but actually I captured it another way, which means you must have faith in what God has said to you. And I made you understand that prophetic word is not limited to, you know, a vessel or a pastor or somebody um, bringing a prophetic or speaking or prophesying over your life alone. That even when God, you know, speaks to your heart, it could be while you are studying the word of God and light comes to you, that's still God speaking to you. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. For example, you know, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1 is a popular scripture. We are not going there this morning. But I, I, I have read Jeremiah, but, but you see, up till then, I have not read Jeremiah. But one day, I went to Jeremiah, studying Jeremiah, and uh, the Spirit of God directed me to Jeremiah chapter 1. So I began to read Jeremiah chapter 1. I started from chapter 1. Immediately, I got to verse um, 4. From verse 4, it was like, God was standing in my room and was saying the same words to me. Jeremiah, before you were formed, I wasn't hearing Jeremiah, I was hearing Joseph. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I called you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. Uh, I was like, what's wrong with this scripture? But that's God speaking to me from the pages of scripture. So that's a prophetic word to me. Even though when you read it for every other person, God said to Jeremiah. For me, God is saying to me. You understand? So for me, that scripture that day and that morning um, was a prophetic word to me. Because God is telling me that I have called you to be a prophet to the nations. Hallelujah. And I'm sure for many of you who stay with the word of God, you find out that there are scriptures that you are reading and suddenly it looks like, you know, there's a leap of light or an illumination that comes to you when you read it. Now, that is God speaking to you. Am I communicating? So the first thing we said you must do, if you're going to fulfill the word of God, is to do what? Have faith in what God has said to you. Now, many times, I said this, or it's good to say this again, uh, that many times when God, if not, is here just many times, almost every time, when God speaks to you, um, what God is saying does not resemble you, which means your present situation. Okay? So God is not speaking to you. I have discovered this, that God is not interested in your present situation. He's interested in what he wants you to be. So why should he be voicing to you? If God were to speak to you about your present situation, let's say you are, you, are, you know, you, you lack job, okay? 
All right? You don't have a job. If God is to speak to you about your present situation, then God will be telling you, oh, sorry. Oh, you, you don't have a job. I understand that you don't have a job. Oh, that there's no job for you. I understand that you are looking for a job. What will that do to you, my friend? After everything God says about the job, what else? No, but God begins to talk to you as though you have a job. And God begins to give you ideas, give you, you know, revelations about the plan he has for you. Jeremiah chapter, you know, 29 verse 11, it says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Another translation says, I know the thoughts that I plan towards you. Which means it's not just thought, they are plans. Hallelujah. Which means God's thought is actually his plan for you. How many of you gave back to your children you didn't plan for them? Is there any parent here? Hallelujah. Immediately you discover your wife is pregnant or the mother discovered that she's pregnant, what happens? You begin to adjust. You begin to adjust. You begin to reset. Am I communicating? You begin to position. You begin to prepare. Why? Because you are making plan. Because there's already a child coming. I don't know if I'm communicating. Praise the Lord. You begin to buy. You begin to purchase. In the same way, God our Father has planned your life out. He knows exactly what he wants to achieve in your life. You know, I like Jeremiah 29, 11. It blesses me almost every time I read it. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to what? A hope and a future. Hallelujah. Another one says to bring you to an expected end. Which means God has an expectation concerning you. And my friends, if you stay with him, you will never fail. God, you remember I told you yesterday, I said God has more faith in you than you even have in yourself. Because see how God speaks. He speaks bogus. Permit me to use the word bogus. Not, they are not bogus. But when God speaks to you, he's addressing you. He speaks so, so 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 big of you that even you you are wondering can i be the one that god is talking about me that's the way god speaks abraham didn't have a child god was talking that he will be a father of many nations how can i understand god i'm just can you just give me a child god says no 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 i'm giving you a child you are a father of many nations huh that's the way he talks so you need to understand your father that when he speaks just believe him Praise the Lord. Second Chronicles 20, 20 says, Believe in the Lord your God, you shall be established. Believe his prophets, you shall prosper. Which means your prosperity in the word of God is determined by your faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so let's move to the second thing. I'll share two things that you can do to fulfilling added to the first thing we already said, which is to have faith in the word of God that God has said to you, to what God has said to you. All right, the second thing you need to do is that if you're going to fulfill prophetic word or the word of God to you will come to pass, then you must understand it. So the second thing we are going to look at today is understanding, which means you need to understand. Praise the Lord. Now, let's now read scripture together. Matthew chapter 13, I'll read verse 19 and verse 23. Matthew 13, 19 and 23. Let's look at it together. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 19, I mean, sorry, chapter 13. And I'm just reading verse um, 19 and 23. He says, and when anyone heareth what? 
the word of the kingdom. You could also read this way. What is the word of the kingdom? Word of the kingdom, teaching. Word of the kingdom, prophecy. Word of the kingdom, any prophetic word. Hallelujah. When anyone heareth the word of God, which means anyhow, it could be by the reading of the word of God, the preaching of the word of God, the teaching of the word of God. But if anyone heareth, take note of the word, hears the word of God. Praise the Lord. And thus, and what? Understandeth it not, or does not understand it. Then come at the wicked one and does what? Catch it away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receiveth seed by what? The wayside. So the wayside people are not people who don't hear the word. They hear the word, but they don't understand it. They hear the word, but they don't understand it. They hear the word, but they don't understand it. They hear the word, but they don't understand it. Which means anytime you hear the word of God that you don't understand, and you don't push to understand, my friend, you have lost that word. So what do I do? Which means I push for understanding. Hallelujah. Now let's use, I will use natural things to explain spiritual things. But let's read verse 23 quickly and look at it. It's talking about good ground now. It says, but he that receiveth seed into good ground is he that what? Heareth the word of God and understand it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth what? Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some what? Thirtyfold. Now let me ask a question. On, I'm more interested in the good ground. It says, even in the good ground, um, some part produced thirtyfold. Some produced what? Sixtyfold. And then the other produced what? Now how many of you will prefer, which one will you choose? If you have an op- option to choose thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold. You are sure? Now, but let me ask a question. What do you think differentiated the man who made hundredfold from the man who made thirtyfold and the man who made sixtyfold? Did you notice that all of them are good ground? So it's not good ground that makes you produce more. It's understanding. Now, is it possible for two people to be or for five people to be in the same classroom and one person tops? What's the difference? And another person is coming last. Why? Because they didn't hear the same lecturer? No, the lecturer wasn't teaching every one of them. No, they all sat in the same place. But what's the difference? One person paid more attention, gave heed to what he's hearing, did more to understand what he's hearing, and that person came tops. Right? In the same way church. Now, when you come to church, one of the things you must do is, I came to understand the word of God. There are things you will do to understanding the word of God. I will take time to talk about that. But I want you to understand that the difference between 100-fold, 30-fold, or 60-fold, and 30-fold is not good ground. In fact, when you read, the Bible says, um, you know, the, 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 the idea... You know, about the sower sowing the word is that he didn't, he, did, he didn't sow the word the way most of us sow in this part of the world. In this, in this country, when we go to plant, you know how we plant our seed. So you dig and then you put maybe two seed there, all right? Maybe two uh, corn seed and then you close it. Then you go to another place and do it again. Is that not the way mostly we plant? Now, but you see, that was not the idea that this man, that, that wasn't the way he sold. How did he sow? That's what I want to show you. The way he sold was that, um, you know, he had um, um, seed, all right? Brought it out from his bag and spread it. 
So while he did that, some fell by the wayside. Some fell among stony ground. Some fell among tongues. Some fell on good ground. So even in the good ground, it wasn't that he determined and said this part produce 100 this part produce 60 this part produce 30 no he didn't do that he just spread the seed but understanding differentiated them which means what differentiates one believer from another believer is not the spirit of god it is understanding and understanding is not what comes directly from it comes from the spirit of god but you have a major part to play in it are you with me this morning praise the lord Alright, so understanding is a critical thing when it comes to you, um, <clears throat> you know, fulfilling your prophetic word. Now, quickly, let's read um, Daniel chapter 9. Give me verse 1 and 2. Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Look at it with me. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, scripture reads, And in the first year of Dairos, the son of Hai, 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 Kalisto, Kestabana, Tita, Tita, thank you. Lord, hallelujah, praise God. Thank you, thank you, Father. Blessed be God. The son of Aishurus, of the seed of Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Next verse. Next verse, please, verse 2, please. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, take note of this, understood how by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, the prophet, that he will accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. What does that mean? Which means Daniel received understanding when he went back to the book of the prophecy of Jeremiah. When he started studying the book of Jeremiah, wow, he had understanding that Oh, we are supposed to be in Babylon for 70 years. Then that pushed him into intercession. You know the reason why many people don't pray? is because they don't have understanding. It is by understanding that you, if you know what God is about to do, naturally you start praying. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Now, there are many people who don't know what is going to happen during this election time. There are even people who are saying, is it, maybe there's going to be so much trouble. And so some people are already planning to move out of the country. When they should stay to cast their vote. They are trying to lose that vote out or cast it. I don't know, they, they were trying to lose that vote. And then, you know, because we don't have understanding. I mean, these are believers. I've had people say. Some people have asked me, Pastor, what do I think about this election? I said, well, we just need to wait, but this is the understanding I have. You see, when you have understanding, it helps you to position right. Hallelujah. So, understanding is a critical thing. You need understanding. So, Daniel said, I understood by books. Oh, I understood by books as I began to study the prophecy of Jeremiah. As I began to read through the prophecy of Jeremiah. That's why prophecies need to be recorded and written transcribed because if you don't you won't have anything to refer to you can't go back to it i always tell people that when god speaks to you it could be short all that god may say for example could be wisdom and you think ah, god didn't say much all he does say is wisdom my friends <laughs> until you begin to open your heart to try to understand it then you find out that wow what god is saying is deeper than what i thought 
Haven't you noticed that every time that you hear a message and you go back to listen to that message, I didn't say to hear it, to listen to it, you seem to hear, huh? when did they say this one? Huh? You mean Pastor Fumi said this? I didn't hear that. Oh. You mean the prayer? Do you understand? That is how the word of God keeps coming to you. So at the end of the day, you have so much that God has said in a short time that you didn't know. If you had not gone back to it, you wouldn't have gotten it. So it is important to always go back to the word of God. So if the word of Jeremiah was not recorded, how will Daniel have known? Where will he have received understanding? So thank God it was recorded. And so he took it and began to study it. And then he got to know that God said, Jerusalem will be, or Israel will be, fallow for 70 years. And then after then, God will bring the children of Israel back. Hallelujah. So it is important for us to understand the prophetic word. Hallelujah. Now let me give one or two examples in scripture about understanding. Because it's possible to receive a word and not understand it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that even when you think you understand it, you really understand it. You don't understand it. You need to really understand it. To understand simply means to have God's perspective about what he's saying. That's understanding. A simple term is receiving God's perspective about what he has just told you. What do you mean, Lord, about what you just said? What is the meaning of it, Lord? Hallelujah. What does it mean? Amen? Because if you don't know the meaning of it, then you cannot fully, 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 fully implement it. You can't implement what you don't know or what you don't understand. So knowledge is important. You remember I told you that this kingdom is a knowledge-driven economy. It's driven by knowledge. Hallelujah. Jesus said unto Peter, after Peter spoke and said, Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? Jesus asked the question. They say you are Jeremiah. Some say you are one of the prophets. Some say you are Elijah. Some say, okay, you are John the Baptist, reincarnated. He said, okay, okay, you disciples have been with me, okay? Who do you think I am? And then the Bible says they were all wondering, what will we say? What will we say? What will we say? If we say you are the son of Joseph, you will say no. Because Jesus asked a question, who do men say that I, the son of man? He didn't say I'm the son of God. The son of man. That's confusing. Is that not so? Well, so if I were there, I would just say, ah, master, I know you. He said, yeah. He said, you are the son of Joseph. He said, no, not the son of Joseph. Joseph didn't give back to me. Oh, hallelujah. And then in the midst of that, Peter, without thinking, Open this mouth by the Spirit of God and say, You are the Christ, the Son, the God, the Son of the living God. Oh, what did Jesus say? He said, Simon Bajona. He called him by his name. He didn't say Simon Peter until it was that day his name changed from Simon Bajona to so Simon Peter. Simon, the Son of Jonas, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Then he said, and thou art Peter. Every time you receive understanding, there's an elevation for you. He moved him from Simon Barjona to become Peter. What is Peter? Small rock or a, a, a stone carved out from the real rock. Who is the real rock? Jesus. Which means you are an extension of me. You are Peter. 
And upon this rock, I build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. If the gates of hell is prevailing against you, it means you are not established on the rock. Because you, you are, he said, God said, the head of the church said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. They will try, but they will not prevail. It's the sure thing. Hallelujah. How some people will say it's sure banker. Which means it's very sure that it's not possible for hell to be able to drown you. They will try, but they won't succeed. He has already determined that they won't succeed. Just like God said, the earth will no more be flooded by water. You can hear pit, you know, pockets of flooding here and there, but not the whole earth. That happened during Noah, but God said it will never happen again. Are you with me? So we believe God. And then his word comes to pass. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Now, so understanding, I said, is critical. Okay, let's see an example of understanding from um, Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse, verse 5. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. Second Chronicles chapter 26 and verse 5. Look at it with me. It's talking about a young boy who was made a king by the name Uzziah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he was made the king. And then the Bible says, you know, he walked in the ways of his father, Amaziah. He walked in the ways of God. That's what the scripture is saying. His mother's name was Jecolia of Jerusalem and on and on and on. But the Bible said something here, which is in verse 5. It says, and he, which means Uzziah, sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the vision or the word of God, because vision also is the word of God. For example, if you read Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah, I'm sorry, unto Abraham in a vision, singing. The word of the Lord came, but the vehicle that was containing it was vision. So every vision is still the word of God. It could be dream at night. As long as it's God, that is still the word of God. It's just that the vehicle that is carrying his word is, is dream or vision. Now, when it is prophesied, the vehicle containing in his prophecy, but it's still the word of the Lord. When it's an inward witness, it is the word of the Lord, but the vehicle containing it is what? The inward weakness is called knowing. So it is not the vehicle that is most important. It is that is the word of God. Some people feel, oh, when somebody says, I see a vision. Ah, that person seems to be higher than the person who says, I just know that God is going to bless us. You say, ah, that one is not strong enough. The one who says, I see an angel. The angel just told me now. He said, ah, that one is more serious. No. You can receive a vision and it won't come to pass. I will show you one man who had a vision and almost lost it out. So that is a vision doesn't mean so. Even vision needs to be understood. The Bible says this man, Zachariah, he was a prophet. But he had what? He was not just a prophet that saw. He wasn't, um, you know, a visionary prophet alone. It was also a, an understanding prophet. And the Bible says... As long as Uzziah sought God, God made him to what? So what was he communicating to Uzziah? Thank you. The understanding of the vision. You see, I can come here and I say, oh, there are two angels standing here. 
And they are here to bless us. With what? We don't know. How do we access this man? Our service, powerful. What happened? The man of God said there were two angels that came to bless us. How many of you know that that blessing, you will interpret it? You just think, ah, it means my, ah, that money I've been waiting for. Did he say so? Oh, that new car, ah, it don't come down. Ah, ah, that child that we have been waiting for. Who is interpreting it? Who is giving that understanding? That's what we do many times. What we are supposed to do is to ask God, God, what does it mean? What are you really saying? Because if we lack understanding in that area, that is it. I will be praying and praying. And saying, God, but you told us that you know those two angels brought a brand new car for us. And the brand new car does not come. And you keep fasting and praying. Who is praying right now or praying wrong? You are praying wrong because you are praying from ignorance, not from understanding. And God doesn't walk in the midst of ignorance. Oh, hallelujah. Who walks in the midst of ignorance? Thank you. That's where he finds his greatest strength. If the devil wants to move in a place, he gets the people, put them, make sure that they don't know. Because if they don't know, that's why the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Praise the Lord. Now, so this man had understanding in the visions of God. Actually, the Hebrew word visions of God will say, read it. He said, this man had understanding in the singings of God or in the words of God. Which means every word that God spoke concerning Uzziah, he had understanding. So he will give him understanding. And as the man was walking based on understanding, what happened to him? He was prospering. So prosperity does not come just by the word of God. It comes by understanding the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, because of time, I need to leave this place and go to the next one. But I, I, I will give one or two examples. You can write them down, you know, in your own uh, your note or whatsoever you are using to write. Now, in Genesis chapter 41, verse 33 and 39, you will find uh, that I, I talked about that briefly yesterday. When Pharaoh had his dream, how many of you know that the dream was the word of God? What was the trouble? What was the problem that Pharaoh had? No understanding. And let me ask you, if Joseph did not appear, how many of you know that even Egypt will have been destroyed? Because the hard times will have come. Famine time will have come. They wouldn't have prepared for it. And then it will come and everybody will, that nation will have been wiped out. And then we wonder, um, but, but God, why didn't you tell us? Did he not say it? What was the problem? Nobody pushed on. So what happened? When Joseph came, Joseph had the dream and he said, God has an answer of peace. In other words, I'm seeking God, I'm trusting God to give us understanding. Hallelujah. So he came out and told Pharaoh, he said, oh, those, those dreams you had, two of them, he said they mean the same. They are actually the same dream that you are having. But it's the Lord speaking to you about what is about to happen in the near future. In other words, there's going to be seven years of abundance and then there's going to be seven years of famine. And that during the year of famine, listen to me, even the years of abundance before the years of famine, the seven years of famine will not be recognized because the famine will be so terrible. Has he given the interpretation? Yes. But do you know he didn't stop there? How many of you know that if Joseph had just given the interpretation and didn't bring understanding, the nation 
of Egypt will have still been destroyed. Because he just told them, seven years of abundance, seven years of famine. What do we do? We don't know. So he went further and said, so look out in your kingdom, a man who has wise and understanding heart. It parts of what he used. And let's place him over this realm and let him build warehouses in these seven years of abundance that there will be so much, there will be surplus everywhere. That's the problem of Nigeria. In the years of surplus, we don't prepare for the years of famine. God taught me, he said, the world, he said, he said, he said, the universe is regulated by seasons. Right now we're in dry season. Very soon it will be raining season. And you know what? There are people who won't prepare during raining season for dry season. If you have harvest and you eat all your harvest during raining season, what will happen? When dry season comes that you cannot plant, you will not have what will sustain you until raining season. That's the problem of Nigeria. We have had many booms. Oil boom, the first oil boom came. Our president then, head of state, said the problem of Nigeria is no money. It's how to spend it. He didn't have a future. If he saw a future, you would build 50 years ahead. Because you will have foreseen that there's going to be population explosion. That's when they should... Do you understand what I'm saying? And then after that, we had other oil booms. During Shagari, oil boom came. But yet we didn't plan for it. And we have had a series of booms. And then we wait until everything drops. Then we are struggling. That's why the world does not take us serious. We don't plan. We have leaders who don't plan for the future. And it's very funny that you see in the church, we have pastors that plan. We plan for our congregation. We plan for our size. Am I communicating? At least if there's one thing the church has shown that we can do, one way, there are many things, is that we can have a place where there is uninterrupted power supply. If you go to Canaan land, you'll be there. You won't even know you are still in Nigeria. You'll go to Redeem camp. You will think, am I still in Nigeria? How are they making it work? It's the same Nigeria, not another place. Which means it's possible. But it's because our leaders... You see, so we pick people of understanding. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Pharaoh didn't say, thank you for that understanding. Oh yeah, I am going to be the one that will be in charge. I will try to build warehouses. You won't be able to. Because you don't carry the understanding. So we look for people of understanding. Put them there. That's why I don't believe that a leader must know everything. A leader may be, listen to me, a non-entity. But if he's wise, to gather wise men around him, everybody will say, Kai, this man is wise. Because when they say the government of that person is good, they won't be saying the people he put around him. They'll say the man is a good man. Meanwhile, he's a foolish man. But he surrounded himself with wise men. That's what he did. That's what David did. David didn't know everything. But his mighty men. Some were better than him in war. Okay? So how do you know a good... A good it's, it's, that's leadership. Leadership is being able to organize, put the right people in the right places. And then you relax. And you are moving behind. You are encouraging them. Come on, we can do it. We can do it. Okay, we can do it. We can do it. 
And then when everybody comes, they say, wow, what a great leader you are. They don't know that you are just using wisdom. That's what makes a man stand out as a leader. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 10, before I move on, my time. Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 10, verse 9 to 17, I mean, um, to 18, 9 to 19, sorry, and then 34 to 35, um, Peter had an encounter, or had a vision, had a trance, fell into a trance. (laughs) Excuse me, if you remember that vision, you'll find out that um, first, it was Cornelius that had a vision. And so an angel that said to him, uh, Cornelius, your prayers and your arms have come up to God for a memorial. And then he also said to him, send to Joppa and inquire in the house of Simon the Tanner. There you will find Simon Peter. Send for him so that he will come and tell you the word of God by which you shall be saved. You and your household shall be saved. If you still remember that dream, you'll find it there. Now, the Bible says, after that episode, suddenly, uh, Peter was uh, hungry while he was waiting, you know, just hungry and was walking on the rooftop, um, you know, a balcony. And um, then suddenly the Bible says, while he was waiting for food to be ready, then he fell into a trance. And when he fell into a trance, the Bible says, you know, this, uh, um, you know, vessel descended from heaven with shit. And then the Bible says there were all kinds of animals on it, all kind of four-footed beasts and birds that the law, according to the law of Moses, asked them not to eat. And when he saw that vision, a voice said to him, Peter, arise, kill, or rise, kill, and eat. You know what Peter said? Peter said, not so, Lord. Mm-mm. You said something yesterday. That's the second time he's saying that again. No, Lord. You know it's the Lord speaking, and you are telling the Lord no. The Lord said, arise, kill, and eat. Three times that vision happened. Every time his answer was the same. Not so, Lord. No. Or, in my own way, if I'm to add to it, you know what he was saying? God forbid. God, God forbid. You are telling God, God forbid. Then the Bible says when he came out from that vision, he didn't have understanding. So he was wondering and thinking about the vision. What is this vision about? What is it about? What is it about? He didn't have understanding. Then suddenly, the Bible says the Holy Spirit said to him, three men are downstairs looking for you. Go with them. Don't doubt them. Because I know you. You see, sometimes what blocks our understanding is our biases. Your bias can block you understanding what God is saying. This man was a typical Jewish person. Even his gospel that he's preaching, to begin with, was more Jewish-like. He was a Jew in and out. Even when he got born again, he was still a Jew. He had this mentality of segregation. I cannot belong. Can't me and the Gentiles, God forbid. You know, once Paul had to rebuke him in Galatians. He said, why are you behaving like that? When you are among the Gentiles, you are, yes, the Lord bless you. The Lord. When a Jew, Jewish people appear, you quickly run. He said, you can't be like that. You are an apostle. Don't do that. Praise the Lord. But you know, there are believers that are like that. Uh, we, we don't associate with Yoruba people. Uh, mm, 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 mm. We can be in the same church, but uh, my friends. So, if a Yoruba person is your pastor, will you be able to submit to him? No. Your mindset 
and you won't get blessed. And vice versa. People have issues. That's the problem with Peter. So Peter couldn't gain understanding. So while he was thinking, the Holy Spirit said, you should go. Then eventually he followed them. Because the Holy Ghost said to him, follow them. asking no question. Don't doubt anything. If the Holy Ghost has not said so, you can be sure Peter won't follow them. You say, who are you? Cornelius' house? Are you people not Gentile? I don't go to Gentile. So eventually he got there. While he was preaching, do you know he was preaching everlasting message? He kept preaching and preaching. Kept preaching. The Holy Ghost got them saved. Got them filled with the Holy He had them speaking in tongues. He said, oh, okay. Okay. Ah. Because God knows him. He knew. <laughs> it was towards the end he now understood and said, oh, God is no respecter of persons. To every nation, in every nation, God, if God finds people who call to him from a pure heart, God will come to them. That's when he had that understanding that what God was saying is that I want to reach the Gentile nation. And you were saying, God forbid, no Lord, no Lord. How can you be stopping God? God wants to use you. You are saying, no Lord. So if God says, enter that brutal, you say, God... And you know what? Many of us stop God from what he wants to accomplish. And you don't know if from that broad there, the next president of Nigeria will come from there. How did Obasanjo become president? It's not from prison. Amen. Amen. And you know what? I understand that the person who went to witness to him, to preach to him in the prison, when he became the president, he called that person up. So you can't tell. That's why anybody you are sitting with, don't consider these people are not important. Everybody is important. You don't know what they will be tomorrow. So you treat them well. You value the people. You value the children you have. Because listen to me, that child may become the one who will become the head of state or become the person who is in charge of where you are looking for an opportunity. But the way you treated him, you will now say, who, is, who did you say is that person? That person, very wicked to me. Very wicked to me when I was younger. Hallelujah. So we treat them with care. Praise God. So what I wanted you to see there is that he received the revelation, but he didn't have understanding. And understanding is critical to the things he needed to do. Okay? Now, how do you receive understanding? One, pray. Ask God to grant you understanding. There are many numerous scriptures that we can pray. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 21. Okay, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 says uh, that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. All right? So that is right. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Understanding, 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 understanding. Praise the Lord. So we need understanding. All right? Praise the Lord. Number two, meditate on the word of God. Be one who ponders on the word of God. What does it mean to meditate? To meditate simply means to think, to think the word, to think the word, to put the thoughts of God in your mind, to think God's thoughts. But you can't think God's thought except you read his word because his thoughts are in his word. So when you read his word and you start thinking about his word, then you are meditating. Meditation is a powerful tool or, you know, to transformation, to transformation. Because if the mind of a people are not transformed, it's not possible for their lives to be transformed. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. So meditation is good. Psalm 119, verse 70, sorry, verse 97 to verse 100, you'll find it said, Lord, uh, 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 you know, I have meditated. Okay, I think I'm missing that up. He says, Lord, uh, huh, where is that scripture? Where is it? Don't worry. I will, I will remember it and just um, quote it, um, you know. I have more understanding than my teachers because thy word is my meditation. I have more understanding than my teachers because thy word is what? My meditation. What does it mean to meditate? I just told you now. It means to ponder on something. Keep it in your mind. The word of God. You live in the morning. You study scripture. You have that scripture. You keep it in your mind. You keep rolling it, rolling it in your mind. You mutter it sometimes. You say it beneath your breath. Oh, yes. I am the delight of the Lord. I am the delight of the Lord. Oh, the glory of God is revealed in my life this year. Everywhere I go, the glory. That's what you are doing. You are meditating. It's not confession alone. Confession, actually, is also meditation. And you say it again, you roll it over and over again, you roll it over and over again, you roll it over and over again, it excites you, you keep saying it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you meditate on the word of God. Number three, um, you associate with men of understanding. Hallelujah. Associate with people of understanding. How do you know somebody who has understanding? You will know them. If you see a wise man, won't you know? The Bible says, I think it's in Proverbs chapter 13, if I'm not missing it. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, it says that if a wise man dwells, or sorry, if a fool dwells in the company of the wise, he will be wise. He that walketh with the wise men, or walk with wise men shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall what? be destroyed. What does that mean? Which means if you're company with the wise, you may be a fool. Just stay in the company of the wise, you'll be wise. You'll start thinking like them. You'll start talking like them. you start behaving like them. Am I communicating? Yes. If you are not ready to be married and all your friends are married people, you will soon start thinking marriage. It's the truth. It will rub off on you. You start talking like them. All your friends, married people. And yet you are single. And you say, I don't want to marry you. Ah. You should stay far from them. You know, God taught me a principle. <clears throat> I was pastoring in Kefi then. Kefi here. And uh, that must be 90, 1991. Okay, that time it was not Nasarawa State. It was still under Plateau State. Okay, the university now was SPS. It was called School of Basic Studies or so. All right, now, so I, I was teaching majority, 90% or 90, yeah, 90% of my members were students. So, um, they were going to write their final exam. And then I kept praying to God, God, how do I help these people? So God took me to this scripture. And he said to me, you want all of them to pass? I said, why not? That's why I'm asking you, and I'm praying about it. <laughs> the Lord said to me, okay, apply this principle. Get them to befriend those who are top graders in their class. All right? Study with them. Stay with them. Walk around them. You'll find out that your grade will improve. And you know what? Nobody in that set failed. They did fantastic. They did very well. Now, how did I do that? I just applied this. In the same way, if a wise man makes all his friends are foolish people, he will start being foolish. He will just be talking like them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
I said, praise the Lord. And then God taught me again. There was a lady who came to me and was trusting God for the fruit of the womb. And the Lord said to me, he said, tell her to make uh, people who just, who are pregnant, pregnant people, that she should make them her friend. I said, is that all? He said, yeah. <laughs> and once in a while, follow them for antenata. See, these things are contagious. And this lady started going with them, made some of them her friends in church, and started going with them. When they are going for Antinetta, if she has the time, she will come. Sometimes she will leave, walk, come to be with them maybe for like um, an hour, and then go back. So she was already going through that process. She didn't know when she became pregnant. She just came one day and said, Pastor, um, I haven't seen my period in a while. And I said, so what did you do? He said, no, I, I went to the hospital and checked that out. And they said, I am, you know, six weeks pregnant. Say, okay. And he said, Pastor, I didn't know when it happened. I said, well, you didn't need to know when it happened. God took care of it. That's the joy. So it became a principle that I also apply. Because what can work for one can work for all. Praise the Lord. You want to be a good parent? Look for those who you like the way that their children are raised. Visit them often. When you are going, don't go there to eat. Buy and take there. You are investing for your own family. You are learning from them. You see the way they talk to their children. Say, okay. I did learn them. I'm picking it. Have you met people before? Say, my child? Very stubborn. They know they hear what. It's not true. There's no child that does not hear what. God does not give children that don't hear what. It's just that you don't know how to handle them. So you ask for wisdom. All right. Number four, desire and covet for understanding. All right, let me go to the last one and I'll rush that quickly. The next thing you need to do after understanding, if you have to fulfill your prophetic word, is to, where am I? Okay. Is uh, to live on the prophetic word live on the prophetic word what do i mean by living on the word of god or i mean the prophetic word ah am i saying you should throw the bible away no 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 because the bible is the explanation to every prophecy it's where you gain understanding to every prophecy praise the lord now but what do we do when i say to live on the word of god in matthew chapter 4 verse 4 jesus replied satan and said to him man shall not live by bread alone when he was told satan said to him if thou be the son of god command these stones to be bread and then he replied and said man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of the lord in other words if you remove the word proceed that word we read this way man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of god but is that true? No, you can't live by every word of God. <laughs> you wear yourself out. God does not intend that you live by every word of God. If not, it means you will live by the law and you'll try to live by grace. No, God does not expect you to live by every word of God. Now, so how does he want you to live? Even in Deuteronomy chapter 28 where God says, if you shall hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God to do according to all his commandments, then this blessing shall come and overtake thee. God was not saying they should obey all that he has said through Moses. Because he quickly said, if you shall hearken to the voice 
the voice. The voice, which means what is God saying to you part-time? That's what God expects you to do. Praise the Lord. Alright, so, the word proceeding word simply means the word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10 and 11, it says, As the rain cometh down from heaven and the snow, sorry, as the rain cometh down as the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and born, that he may give seed to the sow and bread to the eater. Verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. So which means, what is the word that leaves the mouth of God? Proceeding word. What is proceeding word? What God has said to you. What is proceeding word? The revelation of the word. That is the proceeding word. Hallelujah. Now, so we live by it. So Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by the proceeding word. So how do we live by the proceeding word? I will tell you maybe about five, six things that you can do to live by the proceeding word. Number one, to live by the proceeding word, it simply means, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you. I just saw that now. Hallelujah. So shall my word be that word put out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. The Lord just said to me, do you notice that the word of God has character and integrity. The integrity and the character of the proceeding word is that it will never return empty. That is the character of a prophetic word. It cannot return empty. Never. It must download and be released and be fulfilled. Praise the Lord. Alright, so what do we do? If we have to live by the proceeding word, number one, value the prophetic word. Value what God has said to you. Value it. Value it. Value it. In Job chapter 23, verse 12, Job was writing. He said, Lord God, he was speaking. He said, I have esteemed thy word more than my necessary food. You know what Job is saying? If you put jollof rice, fried rice, which one is the best meal that you people cook in this nation. is if you put it by the side. And you put the word of God by the side. I will take the word of God. How many of us can do that? Ah, I will choose. Many people will tell you I will take food first. When I finish eating, I will come back to the word. But they say choose one. They didn't say choose the two. But you know what? If you choose the word of God, the word of God can make food for you. Because how did the woman, the widow of Zarephath, receive food? By the word of God. And you know, the way God did it was not that the food came plenty to sustain them. No. Part time, part time. When they go there, they will find oil and flour. The woman will finish cooking it for all of them. They will finish eating. That is all. By the time she goes back in the evening to go and check. There's enough. That was how God was doing it. Part time, part time. By the word of God. We never had that. Elijah was prophesying every day. He only gave one word. But that word kept sustaining the woman. Every day. Every day. Until the time that rain fell. Are you following me? So value the word of God. Esteem it. Psalm 138 verse 2p, he said, he said, God was speaking to Psalm, Psalm 138 verse 2b. He said, you are, uh, uh, he said, God has esteemed his word above his names. His word is more, is more esteemed. He has esteemed his word more than his name. 
His covenant name. Thank God for the covenant name of God. We talked about God's covenant name, but the word of God is superior to his covenant name. Because even God does not move by his covenant name. He moves by his word. Amen? When you quote his word, God goes into action. That's why many people can say, Jesus, Jesus. Even when their plate is dropping. You know, for some people, it's an exclamation mark. Jesus. An accident. Hey, Jesus. Jesus. Huh? And nothing is happening. They are calling it all. But nothing is happening. You know why? Because we are calling it not of faith. But when you call it in faith, it works. So your plate is about to drop. You say, Jesus. And then it still draws, drops and breaks. <laughs> Do you understand me? Praise the Lord. You hit your leg. Hey, Jesus. Now, don't use it. It's, that's not the name, the purpose for the name. The name is to be used as one, a weapon. Number two, for you to exercise authority and influence in this kingdom. So when you are using it, use it with caution. So that you have faith in it and it will work. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So number one, we say what value the word of God. Number two, what do you do? Get infected by the word. Get infected by the word. Only infected people are affected. COVID-19 just passed how many years ago? 2020. And in most part of Nigeria, not just like part of the world, we were all wearing masks. Masked up. Everywhere you go. We couldn't recognize people again because many times when you put on that mask, we don't know who you are. Now, but do you know, notice that people, a lot of people were infected and they were affected. Some were deadly. So we lost people as a result of the infection that affected them. I'm sure you know some close people. All right? If you don't know, you know some people even anywhere in government in, in this Abuja that passed on during that time. Am I communicating? Yes. Praise the Lord. Now, what am I saying? Which means, listen to me, infection doesn't happen. If, for example, they say, let's assume they say there's an outbreak of cholera in a place. How many of you know that as long as I don't go there, I will not be infected? Or if I don't meet somebody who came from there, will I be infected? So if they say there's an outbreak of cholera in Kanu, if you don't go to Kanu, will you get it? If you want to get it, what do you do, man? You just say, I'm going to Kanu. In fact, I'm flying this afternoon to Kanu. They say, what are you going for? I want to be infected. <laughs> now, it sounds, that's how it is. That the word of God will not infect you until you open up to it. And you know what God said to me? He says, only Infected people are affected. And then he said something to me. He said that the word of God carries a virus called possibility. That when you are infected, it moves you to the realm of divinity. You begin, you don't see a, an infected person, somebody who is infected by the word of God and has been affected by the word of God, you will find that that person will not be speaking unbelief. When you speak, you say, yeah, it's possible. Let's go. You know what happened to Joshua and Caleb? They were infected. 
That's why when the people were saying, ah, we can't go, they are giants. They said, no, let's go, they are bread for us. Let's go now at once. For God has delivered them to our hands. He said their heart has left them. Where did they get that from? They stayed with the word of God. They allowed the word of God to infect them. Colossians chapter 3, I believe it's verse 16. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual song. Singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Let it. To let means to allow. Is that not so? To allow. Which means if you don't allow it, it will infect you. It won't happen automatically. You have to do something for it to infect you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number three. Fasten yourself to the word of God. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 20 and 21. Can, I, can you project that for me? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Maybe we start from verse 19. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He said what? Quench not the spirit. Every time I read this, I always want to, uh, I always want to ask people, do you understand what he's saying? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? How many of you know the Holy Spirit? Who is he? I say, who is he? Mm-mm. You are now being theological. <laughs> who is he? He's God. Can you quench God? No. He said so. In our mind, we think we can't. He himself wrote it. You can quench me. Oh. You can quench me. Which means the Holy Spirit... Is not a candle, but it looks like a candle. His behavior, his character, which means it's possible. Can I, if we have a candle here, can we put it up? Yes. What do you do? <sighs> the Holy Spirit can be quenched. In the other place, in Ephesians, I think it's chapter 4, it says, we should not grieve the Spirit of God. To grieve him and to quench him are alike. It can be grieved. When he's grieved, if you grieve somebody, what happens after? He withdraws. You say, Holy Spirit, walk for me. You have just grieved him. Now here he says you can quench him. Which means you can hinder him. I wish we have the time. Go and read it in other translation. Read that part. Quench not the spirit. How do you quench him? Next verse, please. Next verse tells us how. Despise not. Which means when God is speaking by somebody who you consider. Ah, this man is a genuine man of God and he's speaking. And you say, mm, they don't come again, Pastor. Pastor Fumi, that's how she gave us the word oh, last year. She said, this and this and this will happen. It didn't happen in my life. This month, this year again, she has come again. What are you doing? You are despising prophecy. What are you doing? You are quenching the spirit of God, not in this church, in your own life. You are saying, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, we don't know we do some things. And when things don't happen, we begin to wonder, Lord, but I am fasting and praying. Did he say fast and pray? Don't fast. Listen to me. Fasting and praying does not resolve certain matters. Don't quench the spirit. The best thing you can do is, okay, I may not understand what is happening, but I believe God. Lord, I believe you. It doesn't make sense, but I believe you. Thank you. Thank you. That's what Mary did. Mary didn't understand what Gabriel was saying, the power of God will come upon you. Huh? Or the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the eyes will overshadow you. 
I don't understand what that means because nobody has ever told me about the Holy Spirit coming on them and the power of God. So, but if you say so, that's how I will be pregnant. Hallelujah, praise God. And then the angel said, fine, you have gotten it. You think God will say things that you understand? I mean that your mind can, can grasp? No. That's why I tell people that God never, will never make sense to a natural mind. It won't make sense. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Huh? Somebody has leprosy. The Holy Spirit, God says he should go and dip himself in the muddy water of Jordan. What sense does that make? It doesn't make sense, does he? No. It doesn't. Somebody has a demonic case, migraine, and I saw a demon. The Holy Spirit said to him, give him Fanta, and he was specific. He didn't say Coke, Fanta. My friends, will Fanta drive a demon? If the Holy Ghost says so, it's a recipe. It's a pattern, and we can use it. But I don't go everywhere now and begin to drive demon by using Fanta. It won't work, because he only said it on that occasion. I have never used it again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? I was ministering one of our pastors, you know, one of our network pastors in uh, Festac. And that night I was just ministering. The Holy Spirit said to me, I, I just took water. I was thirsty. Immediately I took the water and I drank it just like you have it in a bottle. The Holy Ghost said to me, now that you drank the water, return the water back into the bottle. I said, okay, Holy Spirit, then what will that mean? He said, do what I said first. So I returned it back into it. I drank part of it and then returned the other one. The Holy Spirit said to me, there are five women here who are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Call them out now and I want you to give them the water to drink. I said, Lord, it's not hygienic. He said, who, who is talking about hygiene here? Is there hygiene? If you are following hygiene, you won't follow the Lord. Those three, five women became pregnant instantly. When I say instantly, it didn't happen there. But later, they, have, they all have their children. Now, why did that such happen? The Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I call them. If you are saying, oh, it is dirty, it is dirty. No, it doesn't look like the same. My friends, Jesus spat. Twice. Spat once on somebody's eyes. If I do that here, you say, Pastor, this is not good. Jesus, our Lord, the Holy Ghost told him to do that. And you know his spit will not be small. And the man said, I can see. The other one, his part on clay, anointed clay, that's still dirty. I don't know if. And then he carried it and anointed the man. What watch in the pool of Siloam? The man came back and said, I see men like trees. Did you notice Jesus didn't pray for him? He only laid hands on him. He didn't back. He didn't say anything. He just laid hands. You know why did he not say something? Because if he had said something, that would have negated the first thing he said. Oh, hallelujah. You know, we learn every day. One day I was ministering to There are heights and there are depths in God. But it comes to those who go deeper. Because the deeper you go, the better it gets. The deeper you go, the better it gets. The deeper you go, the better it gets. And then eventually, there are heights. There are heights. 
There are heights even in God. That's what I said. But you, you know you must long for it. Praise God. Alright, where am I now? Number... Oh, praise God. Sorry? Fasten yourself to what? The word. Okay, we are still there. Despite not prophesying. Next verse, please. Next verse, please. Of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Prove all things. What did he say next? Hold fast to that which is good. Which means when you have tasted that prophecy, try it. If you discover it's the word of God. Fasten it. You know, when you enter a car or you enter a plane, they will tell you to fasten your seat belt. It's compulsory. The, 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 the sign will come on. Pam. When you go to cruising altitude, you know it goes off. But anytime there's turbulence, it comes on again. Pam. And if you don't, do you know if you refuse to fasten your seat belt, you can stop. They can bring you down from that aircraft before it takes off. Is a serious offense. You say, no, I don't want to. No, you know I'm not used to fastening seatbelt. I don't want to. My friend, security men will carry you and bundle you and throw you out. Just by that. You say, what is the importance of it? After all, if there's going to be a crash, everybody will die. It doesn't matter. It's a law. It's a law. So you must take the word of God and fasten it to yourself. So that it will deliver you. Do you know what? If you are going to crash and you are fastened to the word of God, it will deliver you. Oh, hallelujah. It will keep you alive. Because even when sickness wants to destroy you, the word of God will take you out of it. Praise the Lord. Alright, so fasten yourself to the word. Number four, boldly declare it in and out of season. Boldly declare it in and out of season. What do I mean by that? In Second Timothy chapter 4, um, you know, verse 2, Paul was writing to Timothy. He said he should be, he should preach the word of God in and out of season. In and out of season. Which means when it is popular and when it is not. When it is exciting and when it is not. When it, it looks good to say it and when it doesn't look good to say it. You just need to keep saying it. Hallelujah. Number five, use it as a weapon uh, of war. Use it for every battle around you as a weapon. Use it as uh, or for every battle. Use it for every battle around you as a weapon. Alright? First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18 to 19, you find it there. Uh, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies we which on thee that thou by them mightest what? War a good warfare. What are you fighting against? The devil? Not necessarily. Thoughts. Contrary thoughts. For example, God has just said to you that your child is coming. That you are going to be pregnant. And then you go to the hospital, they say, ah, we have not, there's nothing, no. Madam, you will not, it's not possible for your womb to be able to have a child. Then you go back home and just sit down. No! You use the word that God spoke. He said, Lord, I stand on your word. Devil, you are a liar. It's not possible. God already said I have a child and that the child is on the way. Am I communicating? When situations arise that negates what God has said, you use the word of God against it. It's your weapon. What did David use against Goliath? 
you think is the stone, what he said. Today, because you are defiling the armies of the living God, today I will give your body to the birds of the air. And it will be known all over the world, prophecy, that there's a God in Israel. Don't we know today? It happened thousands of years ago, but it's reality. Up till now, we still talk it in church. We say it around. It shall be known all over the world. It's known. Praise God. So proclaim it, declare it. I mean, sorry, use it as a weapon of war. That's what I said. Praise the Lord. Number six, stay in the place of thanksgiving as you wait for God to fulfill his promise. Stay in the place of thanksgiving as you wait for God to fulfill his promise. In Romans chapter 4, when you begin to read from verse 17 down, the Bible is speaking about Abraham, that God taught him a principle that he believed God, uh, who believed God, who quickened the dead, and called those things which be not as though they were. Who, is, who against hope believe in hope, that he might become, or that he will be, become the father of many nations, even as God has spoken, so shall thy seed be. Then the Bible says, and he be not, he be not weak in faith, uh, all right, he, he considered not his own body now dead when he was a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but was strong in faith. How was he strong in faith? He was giving glory to God. Even when Isaac had not come yet, he kept saying, Lord, I thank you for Isaac. I thank you for laughter. I thank you for laughter. His name is Laughter. Oh, Mama Laughter, how are you today? Many times when I minister to people who are trusting God for the fruit of the womb, if the husband and the wife are there, I call both of them out because it's both of them trusting God. It's not the woman. It's not woman trust. It may sometimes even be the man. So I call both of them out. And I try to do something. God taught me that. So I, I, I tell the man, uh, put your hand, put your hand on your, where you know your, 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 your wife's womb should be. You know some men don't know where womb is supposed to be. So some put here. That's not womb. Womb is down here. Then I tell the woman, put your hand on the loins of the man. Because the loins is what generates the seed. The womb is what receives what has been generated and keeps it until the time that you need it. Then brings forth. Alright? So they do that. And when they do, I also tell them that do you have names for your children? Some have met people, couples who don't have names. They say no. Ah. Are you God, tr trusting God really? How can you be trusting God for something that you don't plan for? You need to have children, have their names. So when they say they have their names, if they don't have their names, oh yeah, both of you, I won't minister to you. Both of you, put your head together and I'll be talking. I'm ministering to other people. Think about what you wanted their names to be. Call any name, local and native name, whatsoever it is, traditional name, sorry. Or you want to call them a Hebrew name. They are not English name. They mostly when we call, except, you know, you want to use... Uh, um, like prosper or something, okay. Okay. Somebody told me, I want, he said, I need an English name. I said, what's the name? He said, Samuel. I said, Samuel is not an English name. It's a Jewish name. It's okay. Uh, Joseph. I said, Joseph is also a Hebrew name. He said, Abraham. I said, it's a Hebrew name. <laughs> if you want English name, you will need to name them like stone. Fire, wood, snow. That's the way they name their children. Water. 
All right? Butterfly. Or fly butter. <laughs> Bees. Yes. You have all sorts of names. English people are funny. They just name things. Uh, their own doesn't even make sense. At least the Jewish name makes sense. Our own names make sense. You see, mostly Yorubas. When you listen to Yorubas, okay, Igbos also have that. When you see Yorubas, you find that we're either naming as a result of circumstance or we're naming as a prophetic word. It may be, uh-huh, things like that. You just hear names. Those are prophetic. It may not be that they're experiencing it, but that is what we want to see. All right? Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody told me his, his name is Fire. In his native, <laughs> native name, Fire. I said, what does he mean? Okon. Okon. You know what Okon means? Okon. The day I was told, Okon. It means night. Okon. Night. So when you hear somebody say, Okon. Then that's what it means. It's night. How can you be bearing night? Bear day. <laughs> Praise God. Are you with me? So, continue to thank God. Even when it looks like the word is not happening yet. Just be thanking God. Don't focus on it not happening. Focus on it happening. And keep thanking God. The Bible says he considered not his own body. Even though when he was a hundred years old. He was past that age. That he could give back to a child. But he kept thanking God. Lord, I thank you. Because I know that I am father Abraham. And because you said I am the father of many nations. Indeed, Isaac is mine. Whenever he sees his wife, you say, hello, Sarah. Mommy, laughter. Laughter. The mother of laughter, how are you today? She will say, daddy, laughter, how are you today? Those things work. It works. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yes, Hallelujah. Now, so if you can do these things, these two things added to the first one we shared on Friday. The word of God will come to pass in your life. These are the things we do to ensure that God fulfills his word. Understand it or believe it. Have faith in what God has said. You may not understand it, just believe it. Just have faith. Number two, understand it. Number three, live on the prophetic word. Live on it. Live on it. Let it energize you. Let it rule you to an extent. Hallelujah. Believe it so much. Amen. Ah, up to now, I have a lot of book. I have a book, you know, uh, of prophecy that I, I have. I didn't come with it. But every one, you know, once in a while, I go back to it and say, Lord, this is what you have said to me. Uh, and I know this is your word. And I know you are not a man to lie. You are not the son of man to repent. Have you said that you will not do it? Have you spoken that you don't make it good? I know your word will come to pass. So once in a while, I use it to wage war. Wage war. Am I communicating? I speak it. I speak it in my life. I believe it. Hallelujah. I believe it. You remember we said the other day that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I didn't say so. The Bible says so. Romans 10, 11. I mean, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. Which means when you go back, read it. Sometimes go back. Only you in your room. When you pray, why? Just begin to read. What God has said. Just begin to read it to yourself. Faith will rise. Hey, you mean God said this to me? Wow. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Wow, 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 wow. Lord, I thank you for these things that you have said. I believe it. I believe it. But if you leave it alone, you only refer to it when somebody reminds you. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You need to have it. Am I communicating? 
So stay with it and believe it and it will be so. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Fumi, are we still ministering to some people today? Okay, okay. So can we just do that quickly? Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. For those we didn't minister to yesterday, we just stay on the on the queue and then we just minister to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we bless your name. Blessed be God. 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 Oh, Rashi Kapati Kelefrepesi and the Baba. Jajunja Kelechiki, Labachatutu, Seperedi and the Magres. Rabasapula Brahande Kibrahasdebayandosh. Let's just have them maybe line up or preferably let's have them this way. Okay, just line that way. Uh-huh. Just stay, you stay here since you are here already here. Just go that way and then gradually we, we believe God and then I just move from one person to the other. It makes it easier for me. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Oh, glory to your name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the things you are doing. Oh, we worship, worship, and adore your name, and adore your name. We adore you, Jesus. We adore you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can we just stand on our feet and just appreciate God this morning? Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We give you thanks for the things that you have done and for the things that you will yet do. We bless you. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise for your word. Thank you because the season is changing to favor your people. Thank you because, Lord, there's a great advancement coming to these people. In the name of Jesus, we rejoice in your word. We rejoice in your goodness. We rejoice in the things that you are saying and the things that you are doing. Because the things that you have said is what you are doing. And so we rejoice in it. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Thank you. Because Lord, we trust you that none of this word will fall to the earth unfulfilled. We trust that everyone will manifest accurately the word of God. According to the things that you have spoken, so it will be in our lives. In the name of Jesus. We pray, oh God, today that Lord, you will advance the course of these people. That you will move them into the next phase of their life. Lord, you began by saying there is movement, movement here and there. And we ask, oh God, that that movement has come to stay with your people. That people will relocate from one position to another position, from one place to another place. Even, you know, geographically, Lord, there will be a movement by your spirit. Because you are moving us to the next thing that will be most important to us and will bring change to our lives we thank you and we bless your name thank you for the angel of your presence that has come and has established your will in this church and we ask oh god the lord this platform is for growth now you said this platform is for advancement and so we speak advancement and growth to you and to everyone in the name of jesus we thank you and we bless your name in jesus name we pray Amen. The Lord bless you. 
This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.